Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why do they do things and we don't do things? Why are we worried and they're not worried? We're going to talk about that tonight on I'm Right. We're going to talk about the Fed. We're going to talk about January 6th. We're going to talk about many things on I'm Right. Never around someone with bad kids or poorly behaved kids and you ever get a little blown away by how they conduct themselves? I know I have some friends, um, not a bunch, but some friends who their kids are pretty bad. And it's wild when we're around them. It's not as if my sons are angels, right? Everyone thinks their kid's an angel. But you tell my son to go take out the trash, and he's going to get up and he's going to go take out the trash. He's not going to yell at his mother. If he asks the waiter for something, he's going to say please. He's going to say thank you. Again, they're not angels. They're not perfect, but they're that. But you go around other people's kids, some of the poorly behaved ones, and it's, no, shut up, Dad. No, Mom. I'm not doing that. Give me that. And you think to yourself, man, why? Why are you such a little snot? But it's not all the kids' fault, is it? 
He's not a little snot. It's mom and dad's fault. He doesn't have to fear mouthing off like that to his parents. My children, they do. My child says no when mom says go take out the trash. He's going to have a pretty rough 24 to 48 hours. Just the way it is. You can tell what people are afraid of by the way they conduct themselves. January 6th is a great example. The January 6th committee, the January 6th investigation, completely unconstitutional, completely partisan, as everyone can see by now. They're digging through people's private text messages and publicizing them, putting on some big intimidation show trial out there. And this whole thing floors me, and this is why it floors me. It doesn't floor me that Democrats would want to do something like this. What do they want out of it? Just I know you're not watching. So what do they want? They want two things out of this January 6th committee hearing. One, they want to get to a place where they can indict Donald Trump for something, trying to kneecap him for 2024. We'll get to Trump in a little bit. Two, they want to intimidate you. They want you to sit down and shut up. They don't want you to ever consider standing up, protesting, making your voice be heard. They want you to know they'll haul you in front of Congress and shame you if you ever consider that. This is an ongoing intimidation effort to make you an enemy of the state and an afraid enemy of the state. But all that stuff aside, why would you do something like this if you're Democrats? Because I'll tell you, me, I can tell you exactly how to make this stop. If you want the January 6th committee meeting to stop, you could make it stop if you wanted to, but you don't want to. And that's why it hasn't stopped. Wouldn't be difficult at all. Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, all the GOP leadership in the House and Senate, have a press conference right about now, it'd be fine. Primetime television, joint press conference, step up to the microphone and simply announce this January 6th committee stops now. If it does not stop now, if it goes on one more day, then November 9th, that's the day after the election, November 9th, when we have control, here's a list of names of elected Democrats and high-level Democrat staffers who will receive a subpoena from the GOP for a public committee hearing for their involvement in Antifa, their involvement in Black Lives Matter, their involvement in open borders. We will have subpoena after subpoena after subpoena. We will release your private text messages. The January 6th committee stops now, or this is the list of names who will be receiving a subpoena on November 9th. The January 6th committee would be disbanded immediately. But it's not. They keep telling mom no when she says go take out the trash. Why? Republicans aren't committed. Republicans don't play the win. Republicans don't even want to win. While they're busy having show trials out there, the attorney general sitting down with Lester Holt, sounding like a man who's getting ready to charge Donald Trump with a crime. Look, we pursue justice without fear or favor. We intend to hold everyone, anyone, who was criminally responsible for the events surrounding January 6th, for any attempt to interfere with the lawful transfer of power from one administration to another, accountable. That's what we do. We don't pay any attention to other uh, issues with respect to that. So if Donald Trump were to become a candidate for president again, that would not change your schedule or, or how you move forward or don't move forward? Uh, say again that uh, 
We will hold accountable anyone who is criminally responsible for attempting to interfere with the transfer, legitimate lawful transfer of power from one administration to the next. They're not afraid. Merrick Garland's not afraid. Merrick Garland gets letters from teachers unions and promptly calls the FBI in and sends them after concerned parents. Merrick Garland is probably going to indict Donald Trump, probably going to charge Donald Trump with a crime. But why? Why would he be so comfortable doing something so nakedly partisan and corrupt in public? He's comfortable because Republicans won't do anything about it. Remember our last AG, Bill Barr? Oh, I remember it very well, where he sat down and actually bragged to a reporter, look, hey, <laughs> we're, we're not going to get involved in some tit-for-tat thing. We're above all that, you see. We're better than that. Democrats, they see that. They see weakness. They go in, and they destroy us. Dr. Fauci is a man because of his connections to the Wuhan lab, because of his endless lying, because of his intimidation effort, using his government position to not only lie to the American people, but to intimidate other people into, into silence, really, when it came to the truth about COVID. Dr. Fauci is a man who should be facing the prospect of 20 to 30 years in federal prison. Given his age, Dr. Fauci should be facing the prospect of spending the rest of his life in federal prison. He should never, you should never see his face on TV. Why? You shouldn't give interviews when you're lawyering up, preparing your, your case. He should be preparing to defend himself, to defend himself in a public trial where he then gets led away in irons for the rest of his life. But Dr. Fauci's not. In fact, Dr. Fauci feels completely comfortable going on TV and saying, <laughs> I'm not worried. Your reaction to Rand Paul and others saying they're going to investigate you if they take power. Well, there's, there's no reason to do that, but if they want to go ahead, my records are an open book. They are talking about things that are really bizarre, John, like crimes against democracy by shutting down the government. All I have ever done, and go back and look at everything I've ever done, was to recommend common sense, good, CDC-recommended public health policies that have saved millions of lives. If you want to investigate for me for that, go ahead. I'm not worried. He's going on CNN. Be on CNN again there tonight. You're not worried about being arrested and put on trial because we're not committed. Dr. Fauci, this human being actually feels totally comfortable. He's so comfortable that he won't actually be held to account for anything. He feels comfortable going on television and telling people, hey, lockdowns pff, was never me. I wonder if you would recommend locking down schools if you had to do it all over again. Well, you know, again, it's, uh, first of all, I didn't recommend locking anything down. You're, you're, you're asking me questions. You're talking about the CDC is the public health agency mm -hmm. that uses their epidemiologists and their science-based approach to make recommendations. It was a decision to make a recommendation to the president. It wasn't my decision that I could implement. And when it became clear that when we had um, community spread in the country with a few cases of community spread, this was way before there was a major explosion like we saw in the Northeastern corridor driven by New York City metropolitan area. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. 
Talk about rewriting history, huh? Again, he's not a man who's afraid to tell mom he's not going to take out the trash. Why isn't he afraid? That's not on him. That's on us. That human being should be lawyering up. Instead, he's on TV saying, investigation, I never locked anyone down. Forget it. Which brings me to something uncomfortable. A lot of people did very well under President Trump. You know, everyone knows the story. I was a Cruz guy in the primary. I hated Trump. Voted for Cruz in the primary. Once Trump won the primary, hey, let's get Trump elected. Hillary sucks. Went out, voted for Trump. Begrudgingly, I kind of held my nose. And then, man, I was so impressed. He blew me away by what an effective president he was. And the lives of millions of Americans were made better because he was president. Donald Trump's handling of coronavirus is indefensible. Indefensible. Doesn't mean you don't want him as president again. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. The way Donald Trump handed the keys of America to Dr. Fauci during coronavirus, indefensible. And so I'm sorry, you're not going to get away with lying. This is a lie. Boosted up long before Nancy Pelosi wanted it, or any of these people, including Fauci. I used to listen to Fauci, and whatever he said, I did the opposite. I came out very good. What? Fifteen days to slow the spread did not take place under Joe Biden. Seven trillion dollars of unbacked money printed by the Fed did not take place under Joe Biden. $2.2 trillion CARES Act, bill after bill after bill after bill, did not take place under Joe Biden. Locking down a nation unendingly did not take place, did not begin under Joe Biden. That's crap. And that's not good enough. When you look at all the damage that has been done because of the decision to hand the keys of the country to that tyrannical little elf doctor, you can't sit there and say I did the opposite, especially when you just gave a television interview recently where you were asked why you didn't fire that man, and your answer to that was the left would have been mad. Not good enough. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. All right, the Fed, what are they talking about? What do all these financial terms mean? We'll talk about that in a second, but we do understand that they don't mean anything good, right? Uh, the, the dynamics of our economy are not good. Meat prices are not about to go down, and I really need to stress this to you. My folks run some cattle. I know cattle ranchers. The things they're telling me right now about the different factors that are blowing up their industry, get some meat prices locked in, okay? Get some meat prices locked in. Good ranchers, not only the highest quality American beef, not only is this a patriotic company, not only do you get two pounds of free Wagyu burger when you, get, when you sign up, you lock in your meat prices. They'll never increase. While the rest of us are getting wiped out, you will be fine. Goodranchers.com slash Jesse. Beef, chicken, seafood. When you sign up, you lock in your meat prices. Plus... 25 bucks off every box for the lifetime of your subscription. Not too bad, right? Goodranchers.com slash Jesse. Go lock in your meat prices. We'll be back.
Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. The Fed chairman spoke today. That didn't sound good at all. I mean, I'm not even just talking about the lying. It all just sounded really bad. Let's talk to Carol Roth about this whole thing. Recovering investment banker, author of the book, The War on Small Business. Carol, okay, let's begin with the, we're not in a recession? That's that's so weird. Well, we don't know, Jesse. We don't get the information on GDP until tomorrow, but certainly Chair Powell was setting us up for the non-definition definition of a recession. Now, despite the fact that you know everybody in markets, uh, you know, in the broader sort of ec- economic punditry arena, usually says two quarters of GDP contraction means a recession, the NBER, which is the official um, group that is allowed to call a recession, always does so in advance, and they have a non-definition definition. And the reason why they give themselves latitude is because if we could just figure this out by looking at the data, why would we need them? How could they spin things? How could they extract fees? They couldn't do any of those things if they didn't get a chance to declare a recession. So even though if you know we come in a situation where we do see a second um, negative quarter of GDP, you know we'll all think that that's a recession. Recession. The chair, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, like everyone else, is saying, "Well, we have this amazing labor market." amazing, you know, TM quotes, whatever. Um, And so we're not necessarily going to say it. One other thing I want to throw in there, you know, along with all this other stuff, is whatever we see tomorrow in terms of a GDP print is called the advanced estimate. There are three different estimates for every quarter. We get one every single month. Um, So, you know, whatever we see tomorrow could be adjusted pretty significantly, either up or down. So we really won't have the full clear answer until a, you know a few months down the road, but it doesn't matter. Recession or stagflation, the average American is, is hurting financially and that's the important part. Carol, do we have a good labor market? What does that mean, a good labor market? <laughs> so they're trying to spin the fact that the labor market is quote unquote tight, that we have so many job openings for every job seeker. But part of the reason is because of the disruption in the labor market that happened by government policy. We had millions of people hightail it out of the labor market. So we have not reclaimed yet all of the jobs that were lost from the COVID shutdown mandates yet. So, you know, they wanna call it a great labor market because that headline number, that unemployment rate, 3.6%, that looks amazing. There are all these jobs available, but that situation is going to change. We're already starting to see massive layoffs from tech companies. You're going to see, you know, continued tightening in that. And it will be interesting to see how many people we can get back into the labor market when their 401ks are down, when their housing values are 
down, um, you know, when they're not getting stimulus checks on an ongoing basis, that may shift things pretty significantly. Carol, now we'll get back to dollars and cents here because I want to ask about interest rates, but you've talked about this before, and people talk about this before, people leaving the labor market. And I, I don't know, maybe I was raised differently. <laughs> I don't understand what that means, leaving the labor market. You need a job to go make money so you can use that money to, to pay bills. There's no, like, I don't have an option. Uh, I, I'm quitting. No, I have bills to pay. How, how does this work? Okay, so there were a few things that happened um, on the back of this ridiculous set of COVID shutdown policies. You had, because the Fed supported the market so much, put all of this fake money into it and created this asset bubble, people's 401ks were higher, people were staying home and, and trading and thinking that they were all of a sudden the next Warren Buffett. We had something on the, the, the range of, I think the number was three, but it could be four. But let's go three just to be conservative. But several million people um, who were boomers who actually retired earlier than expected because they were looking at their 401ks and they were looking at their house values and going, well, you know, I've got enough wealth here, so I'm just not going to bother going back to the labor market. That was one piece. The second piece is the trajectory of legal immigration, legal. And, you know, we bring in people from outside the country to help with our demographic gap. And where we should have been, um, you know, based on the trajectory we were at before this whole COVID mess, um, we're down about 2 million legal immigrants from where we should. About half of those, by the way, college educators educated. And then we just have the slackers. Then we have the people who went, well, you know, I got a check or I'm day trading or, you know, I'm now I'm going to sell, you know, cupcake pillows on Etsy or whatever. And I'm just not going to go out and get a traditional job. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. And it's really a mix of all of those things. Cupcake pillows. I, I can already <laughs> tell you now, my wife's going to end up with those. I guarantee, I guarantee <laughs> I'm going to come home one day and there'll be cupcake pillows. There. All right. Interest rates. Uh, what is what is this number? This seems like a big number. What does this mean? Is this good, Carol? Is it really bad? What what's this number mean? Okay, so they hiked 75 basis points. 100 basis points is one percent, so it's three quarters of a percent, and that's their target rate rate for banks to on in a layman's basis to lend to each other, and that's a rate that kind of sets every other interest rate directly or indirectly that you may come across. Now, the level that they're at now for this target rate, this two and a quarter to two and a half percent, is just above what they consider their neutral. rate. Rate. Like if things were going perfect, that they would be at around 2%. So if they weren't out messing in the market, like a 2% rate is a, is a good rate. But the problem is they went and they been suppressing interest rates for so long. And if you look at the greater part of 15 years, we've had zero Fed, fu oh. Fed fund rate of zero. Um, so, oh. you know, there there's a good news aspect in getting it up to neutral. The question is, where does it go from here? Um, and then how much damage does it cause? Because here's the thing, the Fed can print money, but you know what it can't print, Jesse? It can't print oil and it can't print food. And those are the issues that are driving a lot of the economic pain right now. Carol Roth, the book is The War on Small Business. Thank you, Carol. I appreciate you. My pleasure. Um, please get something in your hands that will allow you to purchase goods and services if your dollar doesn't do that for you anymore.
Look, you should, what do you want me to tell you? You just heard what she said. And, and remember, remember this. We're not at the end. It's not like right now they're done attacking all, all the good parts of our economy and they're going to start drilling for oil and we're going to get rid of these government checks. And we're, They're doubling down on everything that brought us here. Call Oxford Gold Group and get some gold delivered to your house. 833-995-GOLD. Gold coins. Gold coins that can be used to purchase things. Gold coins that will always have value because gold has always had value. Tell Oxford Jesse told you to call. They'll take special care of you. I know them personally. 833-995-GOLD. Call Oxford before the food lines begin. 833-995-GOLD. We'll be back. Of course, the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. Wow, that doesn't, doesn't sound like a very in-touch, kind thing to say. Joining me now, my friend Brian Dean Wright, former CIA ops and now host of the world-famous President's Daily Brief podcast, less than 20 minutes every day on your way to work, get updated on how to think about the news. Brian... Electric bills, uh, mine personally has already gone up a lot. I, I get a phone call from the wife every month when she gets it now. I'm always at work and she calls yelling. Is that done or are they about to go back down? No, your, your wife's going to keep yelling at you, Jesse, for many reasons. One of them, of course, being your electric bill. I am sorry to say the prices yes. for natural gas up this month up 65%. So that means that your utilities are probably going to be passing on that bill to you. But look, it's not just consumers that are going to get hit, going to get hit by this. Businesses too, especially folks like in the aluminum business, fertilizer business. That means if you're a farmer, rancher, you're going to be paying a higher fertilizer bill. So why? Why is this happening as, as you get those phone calls uh, out there from your wives? Well, here's the bottom line. First, there is a lack of supply down about 12% from year over year. And that's because we just haven't been pumping as much, all right? Second, we've got a major demand issue. So right now in this country, you might've noticed it's a little toasty. Well, that's because we have what's called a triple dip La Nina, which sounds like a Dairy Queen treat. But anyway, the point is La Nina means that our weather from uh, Florida, Georgia, all the way through Texas, California, we have higher than usual temperatures. And so that means that people are cranking up their ACs. That means demand for electricity is going up. But that's a problem if you just have natural gas, right? So your bills are going to go up even higher, which actually takes us to the third reason. So demand in the summertime, not abnormal. But what is abnormal is a lot of our utilities usually have a backup if natural gas goes up too high. They switch to coal. Well, we are not mining as much coal and we've shut down about a third of our coal-fired plants. That means that you are gonna be stuck with these higher prices because we don't have any backups in terms of this natural gas. Okay, fourth reason, and this is the bad one, we have the natural gas wars in Europe. As we all know, Russia turning down the spigot of their natural gas pipeline to the Europeans. That means in the international market, the Europeans are trying to go, up, go out there and grab as much as they can find that liquefied natural gas. Well, fortunately, that means there's less to go around. You know, again, supply and demand. 
We are trying to send as much as we can. About 70% to 75% of our liquefied natural gas exports go to Europe. But that means that we are having even less supply to deal with in this country. So those are the big four reasons for why your electricity bill probably going to keep going up. That means more nasty phone calls for you, Jesse. Sorry. Dang it. All right. I, I want to I ask you about point number one, Brian. You said we're not pumping as much. Now, I need you to once again, not difficult, pretend I'm an idiot. Why don't we pump more? What does that mean? Well, we have a president in the White House who says two things. One, uh, we need to bankrupt the oil and gas industry because of climate change. And yet he's also demanding of that same industry to pump more. So we are pushing on the gas pedal and pumping the brake at the same time, which apparently in Delaware, that's how you learn how to drive. But for the rest of us, we know that that doesn't make any sense. You, you don't drive like that and you don't run your economy that way. So that really is the fundamental issue. We have a really confused leadership that doesn't know exactly what it wants, and we are paying the price. Okay, we're gonna switch gears here. Uh, Vice President, probably soon to be President Dome Harris. I remember back in 2021, she said Central America has a corruption problem. Here she was. Uh, together, we must fight violence. We must fight corruption and impunity. It is in our country's mutual interest to provide immediate relief to the Northern Triangle and to address the root causes of migration. How's that ever going? Mm -hmm. Well, my friend, uh, not well. So there is something called the Angle List, right? And it's put out every year. And it's basically a naughty list of any and all Central Americans in government, in the judiciary, the police, that are doing corrupt acts as we see them. Well, you would think that if corruption is going down and that, that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are doing great work, there would be fewer people on that list, on that naughty list. Well, that list is getting bigger. Uh, last week, they issued a new list that has some really interesting people and names on it, right? So in Guatemala, the attorney general's office actually has an anti-corruption unit. Well, they now added more individuals on this, this corruption list that are supposed to be fighting corruption, right? So we've got the anti-corruption cops, were actually corrupt. All right, moving on to Honduras. There's a president there who uh, just left office and he was recently arrested. Well, that's very interesting. He was arrested for cocaine rings with he and his brother working with Mexican cartels. Now, what's fascinating about this case is he went to the White House multiple times, sat next to then President Obama and Vice President Biden, talking about how important it was to work on anti-corruption efforts. Oh dear. And of course, we have our friends in El Salvador, that place, what a mess. MS-13, the gang that operates with impunity down there. They also have some new folks on the naughty list to include the president's press secretary and the president's legal advisor. So all in all, you can say that things aren't going so well down in Central America in terms of corruption. Why do you care? Why should I care? Here's the bottom line. They, that is Kamala Harris and Joe Biden say that our immigration policy should really be centered on this anti-corruption effort. And that's how you stop illegal migration. In fact, that's the only way you can stop it. You get to the root cause. Because if they don't want to defend our southern border, right? We all have seen that, the record numbers. So if your border is no longer functional, which it's not, and your anti-corruption effort isn't going well, and it's not, well, then what are you really doing in the White House right now regarding immigration or illegal immigration? The point is, you're doing nothing. And you get a lot of people coming in, and we're remaking our country, whether you like it or not. 
Okay. Uh, Brian, I know this is an impossible question to answer, and we certainly don't have time to unpack the whole thing. Why does Latin America have such a corruption problem? I mean, it's not like this is unique to El Salvador. Half of Mexico is a narco state. All across South America, this is a problem. What is it? It's so bad down there, and it always, it seems like it always has been. Why? Well, two reasons. The first and foremost is they are making their own bad choices and bad decisions, and it's a part of their own culture, right? So once that corruption gets inside of your politics, you are in big, big trouble because it lasts for many, many decades, if not centuries. It becomes endemic, just like a virus. The second piece of this, if you go back into the history of the 1950s, 60s, all the way through the 80s and 90s, really, I hate to say it, but this country and some of my CIA brethren backed some CIA uh, you know, dictators down there. Uh, and unfortunately, those folks engaged in a lot of corrupt acts as well. So we've got some history there of some bad stuff. We propped up the wrong dudes. Uh, and then that hit, that culture just became ingrained. And unfortunately, it's really hard to get rid of. And I don't think we're going to see it gone anytime in our lifetime. Gosh, that's sad. Brian Dean Wright, the podcast is the President's Daily Brief. Thank you, my brother. Always. All right. We're not done. We're not done yet. We have a lot more, um, well, culture war stuff. Somebody's succeeding. You want to talk about something good? Make me put a smile on your face? We'll get to that in a second. Here's something else to put a smile on your face. You're not actually stuck in that timeshare you want out of. I know. I know the timeshare meetings are fun. I know you got excited when you bought it. Totally get it. Maybe you used it. Maybe you have great memories there. That's a good thing. But you want out. You can't get out. Or at least that's what they're telling you. Sorry, sorry. You should have read the fine print, Bob. I've got some fine print for you. Lone Star Transfer. Call Lone Star Transfer because they help everyone. It's a family-owned company. They've helped over 16,000 people legally and permanently get out from under a timeshare they don't want to be in anymore. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Their reputation speaks for themselves. They call their shot. They guarantee it. They guarantee the release of all liability in writing and in a specific time frame. That's calling your shop. Call 844-310-2646. 844-310-2646. Or just go online. Go to LoneStarTransfer.com. We'll be back. Our friend Eric July has a comic book coming out, and it's gigantic, absolutely gigantic. Now, comic book, why should you care about a comic book if you're not already a comic book person? Understand this, as we've talked about a thousand times, entertainment is something the right has dismissed for so long. No one cares about comic books. No one cares what that musician thinks. No one cares what the athlete thinks. I don't care about this actress. Yes, they do. Entertainment is a critical part of culture. It is a critical pillar of culture. It gives people guidance. It's how cultures set values. Joining me now, I'm excited for this, Gabe El Taib. I hope I didn't massacre that. He is the illustrator of the new comic book, non-woke comic book. Gabe, before we get to all the DC comics stuff, which I'm excited about, 
Why is this comic book, what, what is it, three million? Over three million? Why? Oh, Jesse, thank It's an honor to be here. Um, I think uh, it's fantastic. This book, uh, it's doing great because Eric July has cultivated a huge audience uh, being a cultural critic. And people challenged him and said, uh, well, if you're so smart, why don't you try and do better? And uh, we'll get to the DC comic stuff, as you said, but I hooked up with him back in the fall and uh, I do the color art. I do like the painting. Cliff Richards does the black and white illustrations that I color. But yeah, it's an absolute success because people do want non-woke entertainment. We're not anti-woke. We're not saying, oh, if you're left wing at all, we hate you. Because that's not fun either. We just want to return to classic entertainment that inspires people and helps them to think about life lessons and stuff like that. As you said earlier, it's a point I bring up to people. The right, conservatives, all of us, patriots, we messed up by walking away from art and music and cinema and literature and deeming, uh, deeming the arts as a filthy pursuit for dirty hippies. And it isn't true. Western civilization, look at the old Renaissance art, the cathedrals, the paintings, all of it. It celebrates the culture. So we need to win that back. And we need to win it back by either building these skills and doing it like me, divorcing myself from Hollywood after being there for almost 20 years. Or if you can't do the art, the writing, the drawing, then you gotta support it and uh, you know support us and buy it. So yeah, it's my pleasure to talk about this with you. You're so right about about how we walked away. And and, it, and look, I'll just tell you personally in my own life, growing up with my old man, he's kind of a rough, tough old man. When we watched a movie, I watched John Wayne movies. I've seen them all a thousand times, and people can scoff at that. But what did I grow up watching? Uh, a male figure fought bad guys, sometimes died in the pursuit of, of good versus evil, protect women and children. Those, I took values from that. I know that had a tremendous impact on my life. So when we have all this political filth out there now in comics and movies, it is affecting kids and not in good ways. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the postmodern movement. And again, conservatives retreating from the arts and deeming them filthy. Um, they we're able to infest like they infested all of our institutions, colleges, and the arts. And that's how these postmodern communists, that's how they're, they're winning the culture war right now, but the tide is turning. Everyone can feel it. When you have a huge success like the Ripiverse, and then I have my own book with my group of friends. We call ourselves Comics Gate. We can get into that. Um, truth, justice, American way. And that's a big reason I walked off of Superman is them ditching that motto and uh, denying our heritage, denying that this is the greatest country in the history of the world. I'll just say this. Uh, do you want me to go into the DC comic stuff at all, Jesse? Please. Or? Okay. Please. Go, so, please. I, I really want to. My little boy dream since I was three years old was to work on Superman and Batman and all that stuff. There are less successful comic book artists than there are people in the NFL. It's a very hard job to get. You have to work so hard, and I did it. I got to the top, Warner Brothers, DC Comics, Batman, Superman, you name it. G.I. Joe, Transformers, Star Wars, I've worked on all of it. And they just, it was fine when I started there. And then it got a little woke and we've all seen the cultural creep starting in the middle of Obama's years. And eventually this last, uh, last summer, I was so delighted to know that's it right there, that I was gonna be put on the Superman book. And then I found out it was gonna be woke. He was gonna ditch uh, truth, justice, and the American way is his motto. And he doesn't have American citizenship and all that. And uh, I worked on a couple issues. I talked to my father, said, Dad, I can't do this. I don't wanna make ugly stories. Art is not for that. I don't wanna tell white people they're all racist. I don't wanna tell gay people and black people they're all victims. This is not what art is for. God gave me this gift to inspire people. Like you watching John Wayne. I loved, I'm born in 1978. Han Solo was my world as a child. Look at me. 
I am half Libyan, half Mexican. I am not Ford. That's a British name, right? Harrison Ford. But I related to his heroism and his swagger. And he was a selfish pirate and he gave up his selfishness to love his friends, Han Solo, uh, Luke and Leia and all that. And I related to the heroism there. I related to his swagger and I wanted to be like him. And now with all this critical race theory, identity politics that DC Comics and Marvel are pushing, it's so racist that they'll turn a character gay or black or whatever. It's offensive to gay people and black people to tell them, to Mexicans like me, immigrants, to tell us that we're just victims of the evil white man. So I dropped that joke. Jesse, I made six figures per year until COVID working in the mainstream Hollywood, comic books, Marvel, DC, all of it. And I gave up that little boy dream because I could not make this evil with them. They want to say the American way doesn't matter. I am out of there. And I've gone independent, joined great guys like Eric July, my friend David Williams. And uh, I, I just love what I'm doing now. I'm happier than ever. And I would say the fans that are buying this book, they gave me my life as an artist back. It's really a thing of beauty. Good. Good for you. I love hearing that. That feels good going to work every day. All right, all right Gabe, let me ask this then. The new Thor kind of a dud at the box office. The new right. Captain Mar or the new uh, 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 Doctor Strange didn't do as right. well as the older stuff had right. done. The, the new Lightyear movie was a complete flop. People are walking away. So even if you're one of these committed cultural Marxist types and you want to sit down and trash a, a traditional comic book character, doesn't isn't there a business decision guy who steps in in Hollywood and says, uh, no, uh, we're not going to have Superman make out with a dude because no one's going to buy it. Scrap that. There's no guy saying these things? Uh, well, there there is a guy, me. <laughs> I walked away. So <laughs> I, I don't know the top echelon. Of the, I don't know what goes on. I worked in the belly of the beast, Hollywood, all that for years, and it just... It's like they double down and they triple down. And, and you know this, Jesse, it's not just comic books. It's not just movies. It's everything cultural. Uh, you're a military guy. Isn't there saying if you're getting flack, you're over the target? And the left wing social justice warrior, critical race, America haters, Western culture haters, they are fighting viciously right now because all of us have had enough. Like you said, light year failed. But the Minions movie was a hit. I went and saw it. It wasn't woke. Top Gun destroyed. It's so good. It made so much money. It's not woke. It's masculine. There's brotherhood. And they have diversity in the cast. But what you do with diversity, you don't make black people better by saying white people are terrible. You don't make gay people's lives better by saying straight people are demons. You don't do that. And that's what Warner Brothers and Marvel want to do. That's a loser's mentality. And I won't be a part of it. So... It was scary. It was really hard for me to walk away from my little boy dream, but I just trusted God and he lifted me up higher than ever. And uh, they, if they ditched that truth, justice, American way motto, I picked it up. That's the logo right there behind me. Uh, me and my buddy, uh, David Williams, I sent you some art for this. Uh, go out right now. If you hear the sound of my voice and you love what I'm saying, there it is. Truth, justice, American way. If you love Batman and Superman and what they stood for, and if you understand that my father's an immigrant from Libya, escaped a socialist dictatorship. They killed my grandfather, killed my dad's friends. And I love this country. I love what it, I couldn't have done this in Libya. I couldn't have done this there. I will not be a part of destroying this culture. This culture is too beautiful, too amazing. On my mom's side, we've been here for hundreds of years. My grandpa fought in the Pacific in World War II, watched his friends die. There's no way I would say the American way doesn't matter. You know, I chewed out the boss. He was my favorite artist as a 12 year old, Jim Lee, vice president, Warner Brothers, DC Comics. He's a superstar artist. My favorite artist is a little kid. He's the man that made me want to do this. And he hired me in my 20s. I worked at his studio. My dream came true. And when this all came to a head for me with Superman, I texted 
text him. I have his number. We're colleagues. And I told him, he's an immigrant from South Korea, by the way. And I told him, South Korea didn't give you the success and wealth and fame you have. America did. How dare you? And if I could just go a little nerdy here, but why this is so important. Superman has all his power, strength, speed, laser eyes, all the stuff. He can rule the world as an unbeatable tyrant, but he has a heart. He has restraint. He has American values, right? Because he's an orphan from another planet. I know it's silly, but the point of the metaphor here is his Kansas Christian farmer parents instilled his values. And that's why the, that's what makes him a hero. Because otherwise he could just be an alien king and rule the earth. So to say um, the American way is garbage, it's to say it's a joke. No, DC Comics, you're a joke. It's not a joke. How dare you? Sorry, Jesse, I'm getting a little fired up, so... That's fine, Gabe. Go get his stuff. I appreciate you, Gabe. Appreciate it, man. All right, Jesse. It was awesome. I'll come back on anytime if you want to talk Hollywood entertainment stuff, okay? Be good, my brother. Come back soon. All right, have a great day. All right. We have Light in the Mood. Next. I like that guy. Go get that stuff. we got to support these guys. We do. We have to support these artists. We also have to take precautions right now. No, not, not with your comic books. Go get your comic books. We have to take some precautions. You already heard about the Fed today. I, it's bad, all right? It's really bad, and there's not even a small indication it's about to get better. There's a bunch of indications it's about to get worse. Now, we can't sit and cry, suck our thumb about it. What are we going to do? You can't control it, I can't control it. All we can do is try to be ready, right? Part of being ready is having an emergency food supply. It's just the truth. Now, maybe you're one of these super survivalist types that knows exactly what you want and whatnot. That's fine. Go, go, do that if that's your thing. I don't. I don't know exactly what to get. I don't know which calories are the best. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do, but I don't have to. My Patriot Supply does. If you go to preparewithjessikelly.com, they have a deal for you. $150 off a three-month emergency food supply for you. Prepare with jessikelly.com. Just get one for each member of your household. If it's just you, just get one. That's fine. Wife, kids, husband, make sure everyone has a three-month food supply. 2,000 calories a day, sustainable energy. Prepare with jessikelly.com. We'll be back. I'm a condiment guy. I love condiments. I've got this concept of a restaurant in my head that that's really the basis of it is condiments. And one of the supreme condiments out there is mayo. I love mayonnaise. It's glorious. The tang. The, you know what? I'm not going to go into it right now. I love condiments. Within reason. We'll talk about that in just a second. Before we get to condiments, let's talk about your family's health. Because we talk a lot now about taking care of ourselves, right? With everything crazy and out of control, how do we get better? You know, we get water, we get ammunition, we practice with our weapons, we get emergency food. We, we, we... You see what's happening with the medical industry right now. I don't have to explain it to you. We have to look out for our own health more than we have before in the past. That's fine. Part of that is Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It doesn't just make your home smell better. It kills viruses and mold in your air. That's part of why your home smells better. A constant cleaning of what you breathe in. Do you think that might help your family's health? They have a three-pack for sale for my viewers. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE. That gets you a three-pack for $200 off. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. All right. 
I do love mayonnaise. I do. But look, there have to be reasonable restrictions. What is this? Will Levis, quarterback at the University of Kentucky, and I have been known to put mayonnaise in my coffee sometimes. No, God, please, no, no. I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.